Alright, hello everyone. I hope you guys are ready for today. I am so excited to give this word. There's so much God has revealed um, to me concerning the book of Judges and especially um, how it relates to us as believers showing things. And this is why I love when you start communing with the Holy Spirit a lot, he starts showing you not only things of Jesus, but he starts to show you Jesus' character. He starts to show you like the way Jesus really is. And that's one thing that I've been loving so much about spending time with the Lord and communing with the Holy Spirit. And so he revealed to me some things that um, that I think is very important for the believers, uh, especially the body of Christ, to learn from the book of Judges. So um, we're going to hop right into this, but I'm going to say a quick prayer and then we can get started. So, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now I thank you for just this wonderful day. I thank you for this um, opportunity to speak and give your word today. I thank you for all the people who are here, who are um, hungry to hear and receive your word. Lord, I pray right now that you allow me to decrease so that you may increase Anoint my lips of clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, be of everything of heaven and the spirit. Lord, I submit to you right now. Possess my body and use it in any way that you see fit. Come, Holy Spirit, my friend. I pray that you will just touch your people and that you will give them um, wisdom and revelation. Um, and that you will just uh, speak to them as we read and study your word today. And also, Lord, I pray, let these words be fire and your people would and let them be consumed by it. And Lord, right now, I, I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's in Jesus name. I do pray by the present comfort of the Holy Spirit. My prayer partners in agreement said with me. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. So we are here in the book of Judges. But before... I really dive into this. I want you to go to Judges chapter 21, verse 25. And if someone would not mind um, being the person in the chat to write or to type out the verses, I would appreciate that. Um, so we have Judges 21. Can you repeat that again? Judges 21, um, verse 25. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. It's the last um, sentence in the book of Judges, okay? Now, what you have to understand is that Judges is a very interesting book, okay? And I know a lot of people, we know some of the Judges. Judges, uh, Samson, we know Gideon, Othniel, um, Deborah, we know a lot of, of those, but you know, we don't really know where is Jesus, where is the Holy Spirit, what is it about judges, why Why did they have judges as opposed to something else? Well, first off, people have to understand, and I want you to understand this, when I say judges, judges does not necessarily mean like in a court setting, like judge, you know, in a court setting, that's not what it means. A judge is um, like a governor or a ruler. Uh, in another context, it's called prince. So, so God raises up these judges to kind of be princes of the people of Israel or govern them. Okay. And right here, 25, this basically sums up the book of Judges right here. And it reads, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, this is very problematic because judges, you see how if we, we ran, we went through Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and you see that there was so much of God still moving in Israel. We see in God come down in a cloud. We see him speaking. We see him doing all these wonderful things. But what happened that now the 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 that that God isn't even showing up as much or God isn't doing um what he was doing in the earlier books. 
Well, this is the key, and the Lord started to show this to me. He said, this is actually what happened to the church. Uh, I hope you caught this. Is that the church once walked with such incredible power. The power did not change. I did not change. My vessels did. My vessels change. And this is the problem with, with, with judges. Is that you see that they started to move away from who God was. They, they remembered what God did. They had no problem remembering he split the sea. He did this. He got us through the wilderness. He, he, he caused the walls of Jericho to fall down. He did all these things. They have no problem remembering that. But they had no idea how to continue the relationship that Moses, Joshua, and etc. had already established. And one of the reasons God started to show me, this is Revelation, said one of the reasons why is that they did not keep up the succession. What do I mean by that? So who was the ruler, not ruler, but who was the one who was the connection between God and man? Who was the connection during the time of Moses? It was Moses, right? Who was after Moses? Joshua. Who was after Joshua? We can't tell you. See you see I hope you, I hope you understand this. Joshua was next even before God already told Moses Joshua is next. Why? Because Joshua was learning how to do the same things Moses was doing. He was learning how to fellowship with God. He was learning to listen to God as we went into the book of uh, Joshua, but now we're in the book of Judges. We don't know who's the leader. We don't know who 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 has the right relationship with God, you know, to bless all of Israel. We don't have that. Why? Because the people of Israel started to think, well, we're good now. So what do we need God to come down in a pillar of cloud for? What do we need this for? But the problem was they still had enemies that they still had to deal with. They still had things that they had to overcome. They still had to deal with. But the problem was they did not keep the relationship level. They took what God was doing for granted. They took what God had placed them where God had set them for granted. God said, I am your God. There is no other nation. I'm going to set you apart from the nations. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But the problem is, and this is the problem with the church. A lot of us, because we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, because we're, oh, we're saved. Now we don't have to go to hell. Then we think that's it. We don't pursue anything else. It's like, as long as I don't go to hell, as long as, you know, God still loves me, I'm okay. No. You are missing the biggest thing. You're missing having God. God desires a fellowship with his people. He desires to have habitation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He desires habitation with his people. That's what he said. He desires habitation. See, the Lord keeps giving me that word habitation. What does that mean? He means he wants to live with you. He wants to live with you. He wants to be able to come into your house and say, how's it going? Instead of you always having to come to his house. Y'all missed that. Instead of having you to always having to come to his house, he wants to be able to come to your house and just say, hey, how's it going? How many of y'all want that? How many of y'all would love if Jesus would just come and just say, I, I, I have nothing I want to tell you. I just wanted to say hi. I, want, I, I wanted to see my friend. Don't y'all know? Y'all know what that's like when you have a friend and you just want to see him. You don't want nothing from him. You don't need anything from him. You just want to see him. You just want to hang out. You don't mind if you, they don't even talk to you. You just want to be in the same room as them. You just want to hang out. Who here knows what I'm talking about? Who here think I, I, I'm, I'm speaking Chinese right now or I'm speaking foreign language? Who's with me? So y'all understanding this. That's what God wants. God wanted habitation with his people. He didn't just want to give them victory. He didn't just want to give them blessings. He wanted habitation. Write that down if you can. Ha habitation. In fact, even Jesus mentioned this. Jesus said to um in John 14. John 14. Um you know what? I'm going to go there real quick. You don't have to go there, but I'm going to go there. I'm going to show you. 
John 14. Okay. Now, ooh, Holy Spirit, give them revelation. John 14. Yes. And so here we are. John 14, verse um, 21. Okay. This is the first thing. John chapter 14, verse 21. He said, He that hath my commandments, commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And then I'm going to skip to verse 23. Listen. Jesus answered said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. It's right there in the word of God. Jesus said, not only will we be with you, we will make our abode with you. We will live with you. And this was the, the, the part that Israel missed. Going back to Judges chapter 2. Type or uh, Write this down. I need you to go with me to Judges chapter 2. Okay? And we're going to start at verse 14. Okay? Judges chapter 2 verse 14. That's where we're starting. Okay? And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. So before in Joshua and etc., God fought with them and God fought for them. So by the time that they actually got to the battle, the battle was already over. You see? And so here it is. They have to, they're, they're now still trying to fight because there's still enemies here. There's still people in the land of Canaan, the Canaanites and etc. And there's idol worship, uh, devil worship. I mean, yes, uh, demon worship and, and all types of stuff. Ancestral worship, all things that are against um, God. And here it is. God is actually handing them over to their enemies, saying, I'm not going to fight for you, nor am I going to fight with you. Why? Because I'm upset. Why? Because you started worshiping idols. You started to have other gods before me. You started to disobey the law of Moses and you disobeyed the laws that I made with your um, forefathers. Don't believe me here. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil as the Lord has said and as the Lord has sworn unto them and they were greatly distressed. So for all the people who like to, who, who, who are always like, oh, God is testing me. God is doing this. God is doing that. No, God ain't doing a thing. If God is stepping away, it's because you have not listened. You have not followed his instruction. So he has to back off so that you will be handed over to your enemies or to your adversaries. So you will get the point that, hey, I'm your deliverer, I'm your defender, I'm your sustainer. That's what happened to the nation. Oh, y'all miss it. People are like, well, why is God doing this to the nation? Because we have turned our backs on God. That's why. He's saying, I got to hand you over to your enemies. I got to hand you over to a pestilence so you can get the picture. I was the one who defended your nation. I was the one who protected you. I was the one who sustained you. I was the one who made you prosperous. And if you turn away from me, this is the end result. You lose everything concerning and pertaining to me. That's all hell is. A lot of people like, well, why would a good God send us to hell? He doesn't send us. You choose it. You choose it when you reject him and you reject his son. You choose it. Speak on it. You choose it. You choose hell. Because all hell is, if you really want to know what hell is, I'm going to tell you the truth. Hell is complete separation from God. That's why it's called the second death. It is complete separation of God. Everything that you would experience in heaven, you will have none of it in hell. 
None of it. Because all those things come from God. Being able to get up, being able to move, being able to have strength, being able to breathe and have oxygen instead of fire and sulfur. All those things come from God. He is the God of life, not death. And if there is judgment, it is because you have rejected God. You have rejected his judge. He, you have rejected his ways. I'm going to say it. If people are upset with me, I'm sorry. That's the word of God today. I'm sorry. Because this is the key in judges. Look at this. Nevertheless. You see how wonderful God is? God literally is like, I am literally not even going to fight for you. I am turning away from you because you guys are worshiping idols. You guys are disobeying me. You're not listening to me. You don't desire habitation with me or fellowship with me. Yet look at this. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges. Which deliver them out of the hand of those that spoil them. God still in his infinite wisdom and his love still said, I have to make a way to save my people. That's the whole point of the judges. He raised up the judges to be deliverers, to be examples of what Christ was later to be for the whole world. Are you seeing this here? And 17, and yet they would not hearken unto their judges. Oh, you have got to be kidding me. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went a whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. Do you have any idea? How many judges God has raised up before Corona hit? Uh-oh. Do you have any idea how many judges God has sent before Russia became this big powerhouse conspiring to destroy us and come against us? you have any idea how many judges he sent? He sent a few. And a lot of us, we didn't even hearken to it. We didn't even listen to it because we looked at them and they didn't look right. They didn't look right. They didn't sound right. Let me tell you something. You need to stop looking at things through man's eyes and start looking at them through God's eyes. You have no idea what God has placed in someone. People's like, who are you? Your deliverer. That's why I'm, I'm your judge. God has set judges. He has sent people. And let me tell you something. If you read in the book of Judges, none of these judges fit the part. In fact, thank you, Holy Spirit. Did you know that was the problem with the Pharisees and the Jews? That The reason why they had a problem following Jesus is because he didn't look right. He, he didn't fit the part. He didn't fit the role of a Messiah. He didn't look like a Messiah. They were like, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this? Who is he? Jesus of Nazareth? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Come on now. He didn't look right. He, he, he didn't look the part. In fact, the Bible even says there was nothing of Jesus that made him and I'm paraphrasing, but there was nothing of Jesus that made him attracted or attractive or desirable. Not saying he was ugly, but what I'm saying is that there was nothing about him that made you say, oh, I'm going to follow this guy. He didn't look like a king. He didn't look like a ruler. He didn't look like a conqueror. He didn't look like what, what the perception of the Messiah would be. Even though he was. So my question to you is how many deliverers have you missed because you judged them by your eyes and not God's eyes? Teach that, son. Teach that. Mm -hmm. 
How many judges have you turned away because they didn't look right? They, they, they weren't the most religious. Let me tell you something. God has used some of the most unreligious people to do great things in the kingdom of God. He has used people who aren't even technically a part of his church. He's used them for the kingdom of God. Why? Because he made them a judge. You, God has never changed his pattern or his way of thinking. Because you have to understand this. And I'm going to go into this. 18. And when the Lord raised them up judges, then the Lord was with the judge. You see that. So whoever God brought up, whoever God put in a position, God was with that person. So you think you're fighting someone who's placed over you or someone who's in authority. You think you're fighting that person. No, you're not. You're fighting that person and God who set him there. That goes for anybody in authority. Anybody. Well, I got a problem with my pastor. He's put over you. Plus, what did God say to do when your ruler is unjust? What did he say do? He said, pray for them. Not so that they get right, so that you stay right. Oh, glory to God. So that you stay in righteousness. So that God doesn't have to bring judgment on you because when he appoints someone, when he appoints someone or he brings someone into a place of leadership or position, he's with that person. Whether they know him as God or not, he's with them. Isn't that what he says? And when the Lord raised them up judges, then the Lord was with the judge. And deliver them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. So listen to this. You have to understand. You have to pray for your leaders. You have to pray. If your pastor ain't at the right, pray for him. If your governor ain't at the right, pray for him. If your boss ain't at the right, pray for him. Why? So that you stay in righteousness because you're saying, God, I trust your system. If you place them over me, you have a reason. And sometimes, and I'm going to tell you the truth. Sometimes God does that to bring out something in us, whether good or bad. He might put a bad boss over you so that you learn humility and that you learn that your service is to God not to the person who writes your paycheck who here is receiving this who here is getting something who here who here am I losing come on now who here is getting this Maybe instead of saying, God, why do I have to deal with such this horrible boss? This boss sucks. This boss is the worst. Like this person don't do this right. This person don't do that right. And then this person wants to come around and get on me every time I do something. Humility. Maybe the Lord is also trying to teach you when you're in that position, don't do the same things that they did. Because you know how it feels. You have empathy for co-workers. Y'all miss that. Instead of going, God, why is this happening? What is going on? Say, God, what is it that you want me to get out of this? What is in me that you want to bring out? It could be greatness in you that he wants to bring out. Maybe it's not even a sin. Maybe God is saying, this person I'm using to bring Something great that you didn't even know was inside of you to bring it out. Hallelujah. How many people started their own business because they didn't like their co-worker? Or they didn't like their boss? And God placed it in them to start their own business. They didn't even know how to start their business. 
But they knew it was placed in them and then they go around and make a million dollar, a billion dollar business. Stop complaining about your judges. That's what the Lord is saying. Stop complaining about the people who he has set over you. There is things that he is doing that is way beyond what it is that you know. You still on earth. I don't I don't see angels bowing at you. I don't see lightning coming to you asking you where to go. Can you make some of us have a hard time managing our own household, let alone a whole nation, let alone the whole world. And I'm not even just talking about earth. I'm talking about the entire universe. God is in complete control of. And yet he has done an amazing job to make sure that we are together, that we are alive, that we are sustained, that our planet always stays not too close to the sun so that we don't burn up or so that we aren't consumed by its um, radiation or fire. Come on now, who's talking to me? Who, who makes sure that even though there's global warming, that, that the sea level hasn't raised up so high and that there isn't another great flood and, and hasn't taken up most of the world yet. Why? Because God has made a promise to his people. Never again will I destroy the earth with water. So all these people who's saying, yes, yes, yes. all these people who are saying global warming, you like we might need to, um, be you know evolution and become like fish creatures. You alive from the pits of hell, cause God said never again will I destroy the earth with water. I'm good. Hallelujah. I don't care what it looks like. I care about what my God says. And isn't it funny? Every time they mention global warming, they always got to show that clip where some ice is falling off um, a big iceberg into the water. Anybody notice that? Did you know that would have happened even without heat? <laughs> it would have done that anyway. Because ice gets old. Ice breaks off. And yet you want to try to inspire fear in me to get me to doubt the word of God. Nice try, Satan. Not today. I know what my God said. And I was born in Florida. God wants to see Florida saved. He ain't going to let it sink to the bottom of the ocean. Not yet. We got work to do in Florida. And California. Amen. So here we are. In Judges chapter 6. Real quick. Okay. Ooh. Is everyone learning something? Is everyone learning something? Who here is receiving something? Who's learning something? Oh, so good. Isn't the Lord wonderful? Lord is so good. So now I'm going to show you where... The Holy Spirit is, when it says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon that person, that's the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. Okay? And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now, I kind of touched on this last time. Gideon was a coward, flat out coward. But look at what God called him. And this is Jesus. When angel of the Lord, that's Jesus. So here it is. Jesus is coming to Gideon and he's telling them, mighty man of valor. Why? Why is he calling him that? Because God does not see you as you are. He sees you from the end. He didn't see Gideon for what he was. He saw Gideon for what he was going to be. That is why he said mighty man of valor. That's what he called him. Because if you read later on, Gideon becomes a savage. Gideon becomes somebody who goes from, I don't even want to fight, to he's later chasing kings. But let me show you what's so amazing about God. Okay? Because you can read in Judges 
where Gideon makes a huge mistake. I'm not going to go into the battle with Gideon because you should all know that part. But this is the key I want you to understand. God already knew what Gideon was going to do. But yet he never changed his opinion or plan for him. Oh, write that down. He knew what Gideon was going to do. He knew Gideon was going to make a huge mistake. He became their deliverer, but he also put them back in idol worship. Why? Because Gideon didn't have a relationship. You have to understand, just because God uses you does not mean you have a relationship with him. Just because God uses you don't mean you have a relationship with him. God can use anybody or anything. You've heard me say that many times. This is proof. Because all this that you read later about Gideon, that was written because every word that's in this Bible, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. Jesus was there from the beginning to the end. He's there. Okay? So, what Gideon later making that mistake was already written in here. Even before Gideon lived his life. Y'all missed that. So, God didn't say, because Gideon, you're going to make a mistake later, I'm going to change what I'm going to do for you. No, he said, I know you are, you are the one who I have chosen to deliver my people. And yes, you will make a mistake, but I'll later use it for my glory. Even your mistakes can be used to teach the people of God. If you allow God to use it. Stop being ashamed of your mistakes. See, that's what the devil likes to do. Every time you make a mistake, he likes to harp on you and bring it down, make you feel shame. He's even used the people in the church to do that. And that's why Jesus called the Pharisees, you look like your father, the devil. You don't even look like my father. Because if you want to know what the father looks like, go to John chapter 4. Please write that, uh, type that up. John chapter four. If you want to know what the father looks like, because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen who the father, right? So what is he saying? He's saying, I am the representative of my father. If you've seen me and you see my characteristics, you see my heart, you see my ways it's the same as my father. Because all I do is do the same thing that my father does. Okay? Now look at this. John chapter 4 verse 7. Okay? Verse 7. Okay? Are you, are you there? There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. What does that sound like here? This sounds like racism. This sounds like religious pride. This sounds like all types of stuff. Because the Jews felt themselves superior. They didn't, they didn't mess with Samaria. Even though they were right next to each other. And they cohabitated. Look at this. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Now look at this. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Look at here. Jesus answered and said unto her, 
Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, this is where things get interesting. So here you see Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman. He already knows who she is. That's why she's thrown off. She's like, who the heck? Like, you're a Jew. What are you doing even talking to me? And then here it is. You're talking about if I knew who I was talking to. What are you talking about? Are you greater than Jacob? Because he's the one who gave this well from God. You can read that later in the scripture when God does that. Where he creates a well. But look at this, verse 15. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I, I perceive that thou art a prophet. So, hold on. So now Jesus is displaying the words of knowledge. He's saying, so what he's doing, he's basically saying, you're right to say that you don't have a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands and the person you're living with is not your husband. Now, she's thinking, that's why she says, you're a prophet. She's like, okay, you are definitely a prophet. And she later tries to explain, like, she, she tries to make up whatever, right? She tries to say, you know, well, you know, basically, I love God, you know, but I can't even go into the holy city, you know, so there's no hope for me. There's nothing... There's nothing I can really do. And this is the part that's so amazing. And I'm going to move forward. Right here. It says, it, after he reveals himself to be the Messiah. Verse 28. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city. And said to the man, come See a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Hold on now. Are you telling me? Jesus used a woman from Samaria. To bring a whole city. To himself. Are you kidding me? This woman, a Samaritan woman, who's not even allowed to go into the temple of God, who faces persecution every time she goes into Jerusalem. This same person who has a messed up past, because you got to understand, it's bad enough to 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 lose one husband but to have five husbands and to live with someone who is not your husband taboo taboo terrible person how many people in the church would have welcomed that woman see now i'm showing you how wicked the church can become how many people would have brought her in and still say you can be used for the kingdom of God. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus didn't bring up her past to hurt her. But he showed nothing but love to her. He told her there will be a time. Where you will worship God in spirit and in truth. It won't even matter. You won't even have to go to Jerusalem. You will know God. He said, you will, you will have a relationship with God. And the woman even said, she knows that when the Messiah comes, that he'll make everything right. But until then, she has no hope. And what does Jesus say? I am the Messiah. I am he. 
I am the one. And here she is. She goes out into the city. And says, come. He has literally said everything I've ever done wrong. Is this not the Christ? And the entire city. That's what the Bible says. Everyone out of the city came to see him. Glory to God. Do you not see this? You cannot say because of this person's past or this person's whatever, God cannot use this person. The God can use anybody or anything. God uses Satan all the time. But that does not mean he has a relationship. What the Samaritan woman did later, which was right, she wanted a relationship with God. She said, come, you must, this, is this not the Messiah? He's already convinced me. And what does she do? She brings an entire city to Jesus. How many, how many of us, did you know that it is easier to save a city than to save an offended brother? That's what the Bible says. That's not what I'm saying. That's what the word of God says. It is easier to save a city than to save an offended brother. And a lot of us as believers, we have offended our brothers one way or another. We have, we have not hearkened to the judges like God said. Because we, we looked at the person, they didn't look right, they didn't sound right, they didn't fit the bill. This is not what we expect someone who is our deliverer to look like. And it's not about that. You don't know what God sees in this person. You might step up into leadership and God might, and people might say, who are you? Who are you? And they might bring up everything you've ever done wrong. Every little thing. But what does that have to do with who God is? If anything, my past should tell you that there is a God. My past should tell you that Jesus is a savior and a redeemer. You want to bring up, and that's the problem that I see. Everybody is quick to point out everybody's faults. But you will never praise them for their strengths. Oh, glory to God. You are quick to get on them when they make a mistake, but you will never praise them for their strengths. You will never honor them for who they are. You don't know what God has placed in somebody. Let me ask you something. And I want everybody to answer this. Has Jesus ever changed his opinion or what he feels about you even though he knows you he knows everything you've ever done wrong every impure thought every evil deed every bit of wickedness that has ever entered into your heart he knows every mistake you've made he knows every mistake that you will make he knows when you may turn on him. He knows when you may um, turn your back on the gospel and have to be brought back. He knows all these things. And yet he still says, I love you. I still have plans for you. I still have a purpose and a destiny for you. Then my question is, is simply this. What the heck is wrong with the church? You are not looking like the Christ. Our names are Christian. Christian means disciples, followers of Jesus Christ and his teachings. But like the book of Judges. And the church is extremely guilty of this. 
you've done right by your own eyes. You've done right by your standard. You've done right. You haven't even accepted. Jesus is not even king of your church. You are the king of your church. And I'm talking to spiritual leaders. Instead of being servants of the king, you think yourself king. But he is the king. And if he placed you in leadership, he wants you to follow his lead. And bring it in order. And that's the problem. The church has not listened and has rejected their king. And by rejecting their king, they reject the one who sent the king. And when God has to send judges... You see, I'm going to show you how messed up this cycle is. So then when God sends judges, we reject the judge, which in turn rejects God. Then God has no choice but to place judgment because you rejected the judge. You see that? Who got that? Who got confused? Who lost something? (laughs) Because I know that was a lot. But who here is receiving something? This is the last thing I want to share because this is very important. You know, we talk about, everybody wants to talk about Samson, right? Who was also a judge and how he was with Delilah. He was supposed to be a deliverer, but he took his strength for granted. First off, all the people who portray Samson as like this big Herculean figure, that's not what the Bible says Samson looked like. Samson was literally a man who received the spirit of might by the Holy Spirit and received incredible strength. It was a supernatural strength, not a physical strength. Okay? Like, if you look at Superman, does Superman look like the biggest, stockiest dude? No, he looks like a regular dude, but he's super strong. Kind of like that. I had to say that for the religious people, okay? (laughs) I had to say that for all the people who have this image of Samson being super strong. No, God, he only had that strength when the Spirit of God would come on him. when, When the Holy Spirit would come on him, okay? Now, here's the key. Samson did later get right and delivered the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. He did do that. But look at this. Because you have to understand. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Okay. You have to understand this. And if you continue to read, Samson is in the hall of faith. So God, even though Samson had a messed up past and he didn't do right until the very end of his life. God still spoke highly of his servants. Wow. God still spoke highly of all those who were in service in him. Despite their mistakes, despite their shortcomings, God never changed his way. Look at this. If you don't believe me, write this down. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. For those of you who think God can't use you because of your past. Or because of your mistakes. Or every time I try to do right, I always make a mistake. So what? So did everyone else in the Bible. Get up and keep going. Pick up your cross and go. You know, Jesus fell when he he had to carry his cross, right? Not saying he sinned. What I'm saying is when he was carrying his cross and the burden of the cross, he fell a couple of times, right? There's a reason why Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me before he was even crucified. 
He knew the struggles you would face. He knew you would make mistakes. He knew you would you would fall short of the glory of God. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. That doesn't mean you give up and have a pity party for yourself. Get up, pick up your cross, and follow him. You made a mistake, get closer to him next time. For as long as you seek the Lord, you will prosper in everything that you do. Come on now. Who, who's receiving this? I ain't stepping on your toes. I'm just saying the pity parties are over. You think if God only knew my past. God knows your past, your future. He knows all of it. And yet he still chose you to know him. It was not you that chose God. It was he that chose you from the beginning. Before the world was even made, even before the world was in existence, the Bible says. Before he even started the creation of the world, he called you. He called you by name. Every last one of you, he called you by name. And said, I want you to know me. I want you to have a relationship with me. I want you to know my son. I want you to accept my son as Lord and Savior and, and have him into your life. Yeah, step on toes. I'm tap dancing at this point. <laughs> but it needs to be done. We can't disqualify ourselves when God never disqualified us. Oh, that's good. Write that down. <laughs> we can't disqualify ourselves when God hasn't disqualified us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Are you there? By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. So hold on now. Are you telling me God even put Rahab Rahab is only mentioned once in the book of Joshua. All she did was bring in spies into Jericho. She was a prostitute. And yet God put her in the hall of faith? Yes. She was a servant. She was a servant of the Most High God. God used her to save the spies so that they could go back and God was so pleased with her that he said when Jericho falls everyone else is going to perish she is going to be a part of the tribe of Israel she's going to be a part of this family she's going to come in and be here where do you see God brings up her past oh she's she's a harlot keep her over there mm -mm. you you come on over here 32 and what shall I more say? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith, oh, glory to God, through faith, through belief in God, through belief in Jesus Christ, through faith, Subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Wow. I think for right now, I'm done with the book of Judges because you have to understand that. God loves every last one of you so much. His plan for you has not changed. Do not allow the devil to plant in your mind because you're not this, you're not that. We say all the time. And we know it up here. 
but we must know it in here, in our heart, where God makes the unqualified qualified. In fact, maybe the reason, maybe if you are unqualified, maybe God says, no, because of that, you are qualified. I can use you. Because some people, they act too smart for God. Uh Uh-oh. Let me let me stop. I'm about to re-preach again. But that's the but, but that's why I want you all, if you don't receive anything else, receive this. Don't be like the Israelites. Do not judge people off of the way they look, off of what they said, whatever. You don't know what God has placed in them. You don't know what God wants to do. Maybe one of the reasons is that you never asked God. Or maybe you God just saying, I just want you to trust me on this. Stop complaining about your judges, your governors. Pray for them. Get in God's system so that you are in righteousness and in right standing. And if you, God's system is so perfect that if you Play your role in the system. He can put the entire system back together. The problem is he got to fix the one up here and he got to fix you. But if you fall in line with that system. God can bring the entire system back in order. Oh, that was wonderful. I hope you all received something. I hope you all learned something. I'm going to pray. And that will conclude um, the Bible study for today. And um, I just want to remind you all that Wednesday um, is um, training day Wednesday. Um, And that will be also on Zoom and on Facebook Live. If you want to come and be a part of that, um, you should. And make sure that you, you know, bring questions. That's more of a QA and a type setting where people ask questions and I answer and train you in the ways of God and and things that you might not have understood or might have missed. Um, I go into more detail that way. And I like that setting as well. Last time it was a lot of fun. Hope, hopefully you all can, uh, join us and be a part of it. And, you know, because we have to be trained. For this last great move of God before Jesus returns, his church, his people must be trained in order to work um, in his service effectively. So, yeah, that's all I want to say there. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for everyone and just pray that you all just have a wonderful rest of your day. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. Right now, I lift up everyone who is listening to me right now, all those that's on Zoom, all those who are listening from the podcast, all those who are on Facebook Live. I lift them all up to you right now. And I pray, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, that you will just continue to move in their lives in a mighty way, that you will just touch their hearts and minds, that you will bring them to a new level with you, a new level of intimacy. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you will just be loosed right now and that you will just constantly be talking to your people, constantly revealing your people. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I loose the kingdom of God in the people's lives right now. I bind and rebuke the kingdom of darkness. I cast it out and I send it back to the depths of hell from us they came every negative thought every negative thing that they ever believed about themselves every bit of shame every bit of condemnation every bit of offense everything that they feel has disqualified them from the promises and the word of god it is canceled and dismantled right now in the name of jesus and so right now i just pray right now for peace. I pray right now for just peace that surpasses all understanding. And I pray, Lord, that your love, Lord Jesus, that your love will just invade the people's hearts and minds right now. And Lord, for someone who reached out to me, I pray, Lord, for this family who who experienced a loss today, Lord, I pray that you will be with that family, Lord, that you will be a comforter as only you can. You are the comforter. 
And Holy Spirit, you are the other comforter. So, Lord, I pray that you will just move and touch the family in a mighty way, that you will give them peace that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. I pray, Lord, that you will just show them your love and that you will just reveal to them things that they don't even understand or fully even know. But just know that that as long as they love you and trust in you, everything's going to be all right. And so, Lord, I just pray for that family right now, uh, the house and heart family right now in Jesus' name. And I just plead the blood of Jesus over everyone who is listening right now, right now, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, keep us closer and closer to you. Bring us closer and closer to you. Have more and more of us this day. It's in Jesus' name I do pray by the present comfort of the Holy Spirit. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me, amen, amen, and amen.